Chapter Nine of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Search for Franklin. Nearly two years had elapsed since the departure of the Franklin expedition in the Erebus and Terror, and as no tidings were received, the feeling became general throughout England that some disaster had befallen the gallant explorer and his men a council of naval officers of arctic experience was held and it was decided to make preparations for a relief expedition should no news arrive during the summer the season passed but the ominous silence continued unbroken and the suggestion of the council took definite shape it would be impossible within the limits of this book to give even the briefest account of the numerous expeditions which were sent out to search for franklin during the next few years the government fitted out a whole fleet of ships the hudson bay company equipped several land parties and lady franklin the noble wife of the heroic explorer spent the greater part of her fortune in trying to obtain news of her husband's fate america also came to her aid and henry grinnell a merchant of new york sent two vessels to the arctic sea at his own expense the people of tasmania sent the sum of seventeen hundred pounds to clear away the mystery that enshrouded the fate of their former governor we must therefore confine our attention to the more important of these gallant enterprises the first news of the missing expedition was obtained in eighteen fifty by captain penny of the lady franklin who discovered the first winter quarters of the erebus and terror on the shores of beechy island he found a hut neatly built of stones on one side of it was a recess which had been evidently used as a fireplace as there were still a few handfuls of coal lying in it scattered about were a number of tins bearing the label of a variety of preserved meat which had been furnished in large quantities to franklin's expedition torn mittens cotton rags and a newspaper bearing the date of september eighteen forty four were also found further search revealed many other evidences of the former presence of their countrymen but there was no written record to tell in what direction they had gone along the northern shore of the island the graves of three of the crew of the erebus and terror were found with the following inscriptions sacred to the memory of john torrington who departed this life january the first a d eighteen forty six on board h m s terror aged twenty years sacred to the memory of john hartnell a b of h m s erebus died january the fourth eighteen forty six aged twenty five years 
thus saith the lord of hosts consider your ways haggai one seven sacred to the memory of william brain r m of h m s erebus died april third eighteen forty six aged thirty-two years choose ye this day whom ye will serve joshua twenty four fifteen i thought said one of the officers i traced in the epitaphs on the graves of the men from the erebus the manly and christian spirit of franklin in the true spirit of chivalry he their captain and leader led them amidst dangers and unknown difficulties with iron will stamped upon his brow but the words of meekness gentleness and truth were his device on the tenth of january eighteen fifty another ship named the investigator sailed from the thames to take part in the search she was commanded by captain mcclure an officer of great courage and experience his instructions were to proceed to the arctic sea by way of bering strait on the twenty first of august the investigator crossed the mouth of the great river mackenzie and in ten days reached cape bathurst the season was now drawing to a close and instead of the usual continued daylight three hours of every night were dark at intervals during this period guns and rockets were fired to serve as signals to any parties of the franklin expedition that might be in the neighbourhood while at cape bathurst mcclure carried on communication with the eskimos and tried to find out if they knew of the existence of land to the north but without success having obtained a promise from the natives that they would be kind to any white men who came that way the captain resumed his voyage pushing on in a northeasterly direction he entered prince of wales strait where on the thirtieth of september he found himself beset by ice and unable to extricate the ship the early days of october were spent in making everything on board as comfortable as possible and as the commander knew that in the arctic regions despair meant death he determined to give his men no opportunity for indulging in a weakness which the monotony of the surroundings made only too easy he accordingly organized a number of expeditions to explore the lands on either side of the strait on the twenty first of the month he himself set out on a sledge excursion to barrow strait about thirty miles distant the twenty sixth of october eighteen fifty was a red-letter day for the explorers and marked an epoch in the history of arctic discovery on the morning of that day they ascended a hill six hundred feet high before daybreak as the sun rose a wondrous panorama was revealed 
prince albert land stretched away to the eastward and banks land was seen to terminate in a low point about twelve miles ahead away to the north across the entrance to the prince of wales strait extended the frozen waters of that western reach of barrow strait now known as melville sound raised as they were at an altitude of six hundred feet above its level the eyesight embraced a distance which precluded the possibility of any land lying in that direction between them and melville island a northwest passage was discovered all doubt as to the existence of a water communication between the two great oceans was removed and it now only remained for captain mcclure and his men to perfect the work by traversing the few thousand miles of water between them and their homes the explorers spent other two winters in the ice but little progress was made towards the goal of their ambition scurvy broke out provisions ran short and at length mcclure had reluctantly to abandon his ship help however was at hand just as the first detachment was about to leave the investigator a stranger was seen approaching when he came within speaking distance he shouted i am lieutenant pym of the resolute now lying off melville island deliverance had come at last and the news spread through the ship like wildfire infusing new life into frames almost worn out with privation and disease instead of a long and weary march over unknown regions which would most likely terminate in death the men knew that a journey of twelve days would take them on board the resolute where comfort awaited them mcclure writes despondency fled the ship and lieutenant pym received a welcome pure hearty and grateful that he will assuredly remember and cherish to the end of his days in april eighteen fifty four the explorers left the resolute to travel over the ice to beachy island where a ship was expected to be stationed the journey was one of great hardship for the cold was so intense that the men's stockings and moccasins were frozen so firmly together that they had to be cut off the feet which were literally encased in ice on reaching beachy island a ship called the north star was in waiting and they were taken on board the return journey was commenced about the middle of august sailing through lancaster sound the north star entered the atlantic and the northwest passage was accomplished when the explorers reached england after an absence of four years and ten months they were received with every demonstration of joy the sum of ten thousand pounds was granted by parliament to the officers and men in consideration of their having been the first to pass from the pacific ocean to the atlantic ocean 
by the arctic sea mcclure had been unable to find any traces of the missing expedition under sir john franklin and the fate of the gallant explorer was still a mystery End of chapter nine